Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Joining me right now to talk about that, to talk about the college football season. If it gets here, will it get here? And once it gets here, what it's going to look like. Uh, good to be joined by a host on an analyst from the SEC Network. He, of course, a former lineman at Auburn, part of the team over at Sirius XM's SEC Network as well. Cole Kubelik joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Cole, it's great to have you on the show. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing well, Sean. I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you coming on. Um, so I guess, Cole, give me your, your view on, on how uh, Greg Sankey and the SEC have, have handled this whole pandemic and getting the season, trying to get the season underway, as compared to some of the other conferences. I, I think I'll just speak for him and the SEC. I think he's handled it extremely well. Uh, I think the ACC has handled it extremely well. I think for the most part, the Big 12 has. Uh, I think the Big 12 has been torn at times. Uh, I think there has been a little bit more panic inside of the Big 12 at times than the ACC and the SEC, uh, but I think they've they've held strong, and obviously now it, it looks like they're going to be able to find a way to play. When you're comparing them to the Pac-12 and the Big 10, I, I don't really think there's a comparison. And, and we can go back about three months when the jargon was how unified college athletics was and, and how college football was in line. They were in sync. They were unified. They wanted to handle this together. They wanted to tackle this together. They were going to figure this out together. They were all on the same page. And it seemed as though you had the Power Five conferences all locked in arms, walking down the same path, headed towards playing football in the fall. All of a sudden, the Big 12, you look to your left, and they're gone. They're not, they're not locked in anymore. And you wonder where they are, and they went off and made their own schedule and did their own thing. Uh, then the Pac-12 does the same thing, and, and, and they're gone. And so you're kind of down to three, and you're wondering if the Big 12 is going to hold tight and are they going to continue going with you. And then all of a sudden it looks like they are. They're back in sync, and, and you're good to go. I think the lack of leadership in the Big Ten, the lack of com- communication, the lack of transparency in the Big Ten had, has been a little bit disturbing. Um, it's hard for me with the Pac-12, Sean, I'll be perfectly honest with you, because you could go back two, three months ago, I didn't anticipate they were going to play football just geographically based on what was happening at the state level in so many different areas that they were going to need to be able to operate, it didn't seem feasible. And I'll I'll be the first one to tell you that I don't think at an administrative level, it it feels like it means as much to them as it does to the Big 12 or the ACC or even really the Big 10 or the SEC. Uh, So I I didn't feel like they were going to play. So I wasn't overly surprised when the Pac-12 announced they were going to push things back. But I do believe that they were waiting for someone to be able to do it with. And that's why you saw the quick trigger after the Big Ten made their announcement, obviously being able to sort of lock arms again and, and move forward. And, and the Big Ten and Kevin Warren, they were out recruiting other conferences to do it with them. They knew they yeah. were going to do it. And, and they were actively recruiting other Power Five conferences to say, hey, please shut this down with us. So to, to act like you want to be in line with everybody else, utilize everybody else's resources, share information with everyone, 
then go out and do your own thing, then come back and want to try to be unified again, it wasn't going to work. So, yeah, it was a massive fumble on the part of the Big Ten as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I don't put it all in the lap of Kevin Warren like a lot of people do. I think it's easy to point at him and say, what's he doing? How could he do this? Folks, Kevin Warren didn't make that decision. That's the reality of it. And if you think he did, you're fooling yourself. If you think the presidents and chancellors alone made that decision, I believe you're fooling yourself. I think you need to go way up the wrong ladder of power to be able to find the people who had enough influence to help make that decision when they did. Cole Kubelik joining me on the show. Wow, what a breakdown. That was a great breakdown, Cole. And I want to stay with the Big Ten for a second. Just as we've observed what's been going on, I mean, it's a mutiny there. There, there, are, there are schools that are literally talking about wanting to form their own little subset of a league and do a 16-10 game round-robin, you know, home-and-home home type of deal and stuff like that. I guess two parts with the Big Ten. One, do you think there's any chance that they reverse course in any way, maybe because of this saliva test that came out last week, it gives them an opening to do that? And B, just as a former player yourself, what's your, what's your emotional feeling for these kids in the Big Ten right now? Emotionally, I hate it. I would love to see them play. I, I, I think they deserve to play, especially if they want to, and I think if the resources are available at their schools – you know, things have been done to the level that you know you think that they have and you hope that they have, and it looks like that they have, they should be able to play. Uh, I, I mean, I think one of the coolest things that I've seen through this entire pandemic has been after the Pac-12 you know, sort of announced the, the We Are United stance and that hashtag and, and their demands that were laid out. What did you see the kids from Ohio State do? They, they came out and basically released a statement of, yeah, man, that's all good, and we're for you guys, and we're rooting for you, but guess what? We're, we're, we're playing football. And, and that's what we're about this year. We want to go play football. And I think it really showed you the leadership, not only of that coaching staff, but on the individuals on that team as well, of uh, just the kind of guys that they have. And, I mean, you think about Justin Fields and Wyatt Davis and some of the kids on that team. It showed you really just what they're all about. Uh, I hate it for them. It's unfortunate because, I mean, this is going to mismanage your clock as an athlete no matter how you spin it, whether it's playing in the spring whether it's not playing in the spring, having an extra year of eligibility, what are the numbers games going to look like for scholarship athletes in football for the next really year to five years? I, I don't know how you're going to balance this out by allowing everyone a free year this year to play and then be able to come back. I mean, are we going to get two years down the road and the NCAA is going to say, well, we're, we're back to 85 and schools are going to have to go to eight or 10 or 20 guys and say, guess what? We don't have a spot for you anymore. Find somewhere else to play. Recruiting classes are coming in. You ain't stopping that. So as far as how the Big Ten has handled it, I do think it's mismanaged. And, and I also hate to say this, just like I hate to see those kids not going to be able to play, I hate to say that I don't think it's going to go back. It's too big of a decision, in my opinion, Sean. I, I don't think, and I think there's too many powerful people involved. And like I said, I do think it goes past the presidents and chancellors of Big Ten universities. So I, I don't think that you just reverse this. Um, I, I think it's great what the parents are doing. I think it's great what the players are doing. Uh, I think it's great what a lot of people in the media are doing to try to give these young men a voice to say, we want to be able to go play football. I mean, I see Justin Fields on Good Morning America the other morning. You know, you hear him on national radio shows. Yeah. But the reality is, I think it's just too massive of a decision to be able to reverse course on now. And I absolutely hate admitting that that's the way I believe. Yeah. Cole Kubelik covers the SEC, joining me on CBS Sports Radio. All right, so Cole... You mentioned scholarships and the number of scholarships, what this is going to do to guys like Ryan Day and James Franklin and having to manage numbers when, when eligibility gets ruled upon and things like that. What does this do to recruiting for the Big Ten, especially when they're in battles with the ACC 
and the SEC. Look, you played at Auburn. You know what those recruiting pitches sound like anyways. What are the recruiting pitches from the SEC when it comes to going after five-star prospects that Ohio State is in on now as well? Well, from, from what I have been told, the SEC and, and really the ACC and the Big 12, th- there's not much of a pitch that's having to be made. A lot of the negative recruiting is being done by the lower-tier conferences, uh, the group of five and even smaller, mm-hmm. saying, hey, are you going to have a place to play? If not, you can come play for us. we got, we got a spot. We're going to play football. Look at us. And then there's also, as, as far as guys who have already committed, guys who haven't committed, and even guys who are at certain schools, I have been told by multiple Power Five coaches in multiple conferences that their DMs have been full for the last two weeks of guys saying, do you have a spot? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to decommit. Can I get out? Uh, would you have a spot for me? And this has already been a weird recruiting year anyway because yeah. kids haven't been able to visit campuses. you got a lot of guys that are, that are committing to big schools and they've never been there, or, or they've just maybe been to a game and they haven't really gotten an idea to get around campus, see where you're going to live, see how you're going to live, and things like that. So it will impact those schools. But if, if, and, and I think it will impact them greatly. But if, if you're going to attempt to have me believe that all of a sudden the brand recognition and the brand power of a Penn State or an Ohio State or a Nebraska is going to be diminished because of this, I'm not going to buy that. I, I just hmm. don't, I don't believe it. And is it, going to, is it going to complicate a few things? Are they going to lose a kid here or there? Absolutely. But we're not going to be waking up in the next two or three recruiting cycles saying, man, why is Ohio State 35th in the recruiting rankings? Why is Penn State not even top 50 in the recruiting rankings? Why can't Scott Frost get you know, a top 40 recruiting class? That's not happening. The resources are still too good. The brand recognition is still too good. And the amount of kids that just want to go play for those schools is still too plentiful. So, And the coaches can recruit, by the way. you got good coaches that are there for a reason because they know how to get kids to come play for them. It's just the same thing with transfers. There's not going to be a mass exodus of guys. There will be some. The same thing with spring football, Sean. That there's not going to be 2,000 kids if we play everything in the spring that say, that's it, sitting out, not going to go do it. These people who think we're not going to be able to field teams in the spring, that's just not a real thing. But you're always going to have guys that are looking to get out. I know there's guys that are looking to transfer right now into SEC, ACC, and Big 12 schools, and even some G5 schools that are looking to play. And I know there are recruits that are looking to switch, whether it's flip their commitment or whether that commitment was silent or public, and now they're looking to get out of it. But that numbers game that we talked about, is something that could really complicate things moving forward for the next few years. And that's not just for the Big Ten and the Pac-12. That's for all these schools because yeah. it depends on what the NCAA is going to allow you to have in the next year, two, three, four years as to how many can you take, how many can you keep. We saw this with spring athletes. You know, Wisconsin yeah. came out and said, we're not, we're not keeping our baseball kids. Sorry. But I mean, what if that happens with some teams in football? They don't feel like they can afford to keep an extra 15, 20, 25 guys around. It's going to be a mess. Cole, we got about a minute, and I just want to ask you if we if we are fortunate enough to get to a college football playoff with these three Power Five conferences, and who knows, maybe a group of five sneaks in there or something like that. But if we're if we're fortunate enough to get to a playoff with college football as it's currently constructed, how valid is that championship in your mind? For me personally, it's valid because it took place because it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to have an asterisk by it? For most people, probably yes. But if you play a college football playoff and Someone walks away with that you know, golden tailpipe of a trophy that they have. <laughs> and to me, they're the national champion. I don't care who did. If it, was, it was their choice not to play as far as the conference is concerned. So I'm not going to blame the ACC in Clemson or the SEC in Alabama or you know, the Big 12 in Texas because other schools couldn't go out and play. It's not their fault. 
They went out and did what they could to win a national championship. It's still theirs. They can claim it. They're going to own it. It's going to be it's going to be recognized. And maybe we have some mythical one-off spring national championship that the AP and coaches poll can can name that. Who knows? I don't know. But if we play a playoff and four teams are in it and one walks away with that trophy, as far as I'm concerned, they're the national champions, and that's what they should be, and that's what I'll recognize them as. Yeah, absolutely. Cole Kubelik, uh, SEC Network, Sirius XM's SEC channel as well. Cole, you do a great job, man. I really appreciate you making some time and uh, looking forward to actually getting some football on the field here soon. Absolutely. Hey, we we got FCS kickoff next Saturday. We're playing high school football. Teams are practicing. Teams are scrimmaging. I mean, this thing is a lot closer than a lot of us realize. You threw out that September 26th date. That seems like a year away, but the reality is we got college football this Saturday. Yeah, that's awesome. Great news. Great news. Hey, Cole, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time. Thank you, Sean. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.